The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to a lawyer who was at table with him, Woe to you, for you build the tombs of the prophets whom your ancestors killed. So you are witnesses and approve of the deeds of your ancestors, for they killed them, and you build their tombs. Therefore also the wisdom of God said, I will send them prophets and apostles, some of whom they will kill and persecute, so that this generation may be charged with the blood of all the prophets shed since the foundation of the world, from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who perished between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, it will be charged against this generation. Woe to you, lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter yourselves, and you hindered those who were entering. When Jesus went outside, the scribes and the Pharisees began to be very hostile toward him and to cross-examine him about many things, lying in wait for him to catch him in something he might say. The Gospel of the Lord. We continue reading from St. Paul's letter to the Romans, this time chapter 3, and St. Paul talks about how we are saved. The question is, are we saved by faith alone, or are we saved by faith and works? St. Paul begins by saying, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Now that is not an absolute statement because there are millions of people who have never sinned in their life. Children, for example, who died before reaching the age of majority never sinned. Or adults who had reduced mental capacity so they couldn't have the requisite consent to their actions. And of course, the Blessed Virgin Mary. But Paul's statement here is meant to be a general statement that after the fall of Adam and Eve, humanity in general have fallen short of the glory of God. He goes on to say they are justified by his grace as a gift. Now here, Paul is talking about the grace of initial justification. In that initial justification, we can do nothing to merit that grace. No amount of works it's God's action. He takes the initiative. But once we have received that grace of initial justification, then we have a choice. We can either cooperate with that grace or not. The way we cooperate with God's grace is through faith and loving deeds. In other words, it's not just a faith that's intellectual, abstract, it's concrete. It's the obedience of faith. It's a faith that expresses itself in loving deeds. Therefore, what the Catholic Church calls final justification has to be both faith and works. Now, there's much evidence to this effect. In fact, in yesterday's first reading from Romans chapter 2, Paul says that. He says, for God will repay according to each one's deeds to those who by patiently doing good seek for glory and honor and immortality, God will give eternal life. While for those who are self-seeking and who obey not the truth but wickedness, there will be fury and wrath. So good deeds, works play an essential role in that final justification. Other 
evidence includes St. James in his letter who says, faith without works is dead. He's referring again to that final justification. That it's just not faith alone, but faith, the obedience of faith. We see this in the Old Testament as well. For example, Noah believed, he trusted God, and God told him about the flood, but he had to actually build the ark. If he decided just to hear God's word and say that was wonderful, and I believe, but didn't build the ark, he would have perished. But he obeyed. The same thing with Abraham. He heard God call him. He believed. Then he actually obeyed by leaving his household and then traveling into the promised land, trusting God, obeying. Also, with the Israelites, led by Moses out of Egypt, it was God's initial grace that freed them, but then they actually had to obey and journey through the desert to the promised land or else they would not have entered it. The obedience of faith. One final point in the first reading, St. Paul says that it is through the redemption of Jesus Christ whom God put forward as a sacrifice of atonement by his blood effective through faith. Christ's blood. He is the high priest. And what Paul is saying here is that just as the high priest in the Old Testament, one day a year would go into the temple on the day of atonement and sprinkle blood on the mercy seat, which was the lid covering the Ark of the Covenant, that would forgive the sins of the people. It could only happen once a year. But that was just a foreshadowing. Jesus is the true high priest, and by his blood shed on the cross, he is the new temple in his body. And by his blood, we are, our sins are forgiven. And Christ is always present to us, the high priest. So it's not just once a year, it's whenever we come into the sacrament of reconciliation and confess our sins, the blood of Christ washes over us and our mortal sins are indeed forgiven. When we get to the gospel, Jesus tells the Jewish elites, the Pharisees, the scribes and the lawyers, he says, you have neither faith or works. That's how bad they were, the bad state they were in. So he says, woe to you, for you build the tombs of the prophets whom your ancestors killed and to prove the deeds of your ancestors for they killed the prophets from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah. Woe to you lawyers. This is now another accusation. Not only did they not have faith or works, he says you have taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter yourselves and you have hindered those who are entering. The elites of the religious of that day, the scribes, Pharisees, lawyers, they made it impossible for the average person to actually understand the true teachings of Christ because they burdened the people with all kinds of regulations and laws that they made up, 613, no way they could keep. But they didn't teach what Christ taught, which was grace through faith, expressed in loving deeds. That's what saves us, and that's what Paul would go on to say in his letters. We're very fortunate to have the teachings of the church. We know how we are saved have received the grace of initial justification in baptism, and then we cooperate with that grace every day by our loving deeds, and God is faithful and will continue to pour out his grace so that in the final perseverance, we have the grace that will bring us to life eternal. And that gives us great consolation. 
It's all God's work from beginning to end. But we have to cooperate. But God gives us the grace to cooperate. Let us rejoice and be glad that our salvation is secure in Christ.